Okay, okay here we so are, hello, everybody. everybody. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just uh, going to make a, a quick text here um, to make sure that Anne, are you with us yet, or are you on the other line and can't get back? I just texted her. Sometimes getting on the moderator line can be a little tricky. So I'm going to get started, and we'll check in and see if she replies to me. So welcome, everybody. There's a party on the phone. <laughs> I'm so excited for tonight. So we're going to do something very different. And this is Jen Springer. I'm a platinum with Young Living. And I've been with the company since 2001, and now it's 2015. It's like, holy smokes. I can never imagine being in one place for more than a few years because prior to Young Living, I had worked jobs every three years. You know, I couldn't even imagine going, being somewhere long enough because, you know, you get a job. By the time you get the hang of it and you really know what's going on in the company, then you hate it and you're looking for a new job. And that usually takes a few years. So, <laughs> so I got to that point. And I, that's when I was ready for Young Living, and I asked the universe, send me something that I'll love to do and I'll love to do for a long period of time, and that won't feel like work. And here I am still, you know, here we are, 14, going, going to be the 15th year pretty soon, and I never get sick of it. You know, this is doesn't feel like work, in my opinion. And I know for all of you, you can vouch the same thing. We just talk about things we love, and we talk about making money, and we talk about how people can help each other be able to, uh, reach financial and physical health, and that's what I love about this is we have a gift where we can help people, and if they choose it, they do. If they don't, they don't. So i got a, uh, something to run by you guys, and whether you're listening to this live or recording, I want to ask you if you'd be interested in a training manual. I have a manual that I've made a long, long time ago, 10 years ago, and I updated it recently. With, uh, I probably updated it last last spring. And I'm wondering if you have any interest in it. And if you do, please email me if you would be interested in this for you and your team. It's something that I work really hard on. It's about 60, 50, 60 pages. And it includes things that, you know, from the very first minute you're starting all the way through follow-up protocols and how, you know, charts and things like that to follow for treatment, you know, not treatment, for follow-up plan. You know, it gives you everything that you need to do and why you're doing Young Living and all that. So it's pretty darn thorough, but there's a possibility I missed something. So if you want to add, you know, you know, and you send an email to me, you know, let me know what you would really like to see in that manual. It's probably in there because I took many, many manuals and many, many trainings from many people and put it all in one. Like I said, I worked like a really long time on this manual. I probably worked a year on it, but I'm not using it. And so I was, I'm thinking of doing something with it soon, but before I did that, I want to know, is this something you would be interested in for you and your team? And no matter whether you're interested in this or not, having a way to train your people is critical and a way that everybody can keep training all the way through your teams no matter if they're on your first level or your 10th level. And I prefer to use ready-made materials or to use an outside coach. And as you know, tonight we've got on a success coach. A few weeks ago I had on my coach, Tom. I don't encourage you to recreate the wheel and be, you know, a recruiter, a personal growth mentor, a tool developer, and a teacher all at the same time. You got to do, you do the best. And you, even if you can do it all, you got to remember 80% of your time should be talking to new people and then outsource the other stuff. So it was a hard lesson for me to learn and to be able to outsource things that I could do myself, but really other people could do it better than I. 
So there's my question for you for this week. So the special for this month, for January, we have for 190 PV, we have the Copa Eva experiment, and you get the Copa Eva if you are on the Central Rewards. And then the 250 PV is the Copa Eva experiment in the $20 enrollment voucher. And for the 300 PV, you get all the things plus the sleep essence. So that's the special for this month. Some of these are, you know, stipulation is being on essential rewards, which is new. And don't forget that when you are talking to other people about it as well. Because really, you guys are crazy if you're not on essential rewards. And your people that are serious, people that are serious about business, or serious about their health, they need to be on essential rewards because you get free products. You never miss your commission check if you've got the right amount of PV for your essential rewards. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of products to try. And every month, just try something new. You know, I, I mean, it's what I've done over the years, especially I can't wait till something new comes out because I work right under my essential rewards. So tonight is our weekly Monday night call. I don't know how long it's going to go. We'll not go past the top of the, ex- the next hour. Keep it short, sweet. Keep everybody back to their evening, go to dinner, whatever you got to do, tuck the kids into bed. And if you want to hear this call again or you want to hear previous recordings, go to OurSimpleTraining.com, and there's a tab there that says Monday Night Calls. Click on that, and that will then show you, you know, exactly the, the spot where you can put in your email and be on the, the get to I guess you say the inside scoop email, <laughs> and you'll also be able to see all the recordings. So I'm going to turn this over to now to Monty. Let me see. Okay, Anne, are you with us? And I see that you're with us, but let me know you're here before we get I'm going. I'm here. I was trying to unmute it. I'm here. Okay, I'm here. there you are. Cool. So we got you, Kari, Zenaida, and Monty. Okay, now we're going to officially start the other part of the call. <laughs> so I'm going to turn this over to you – know, this is going to be a blast because we're doing something different, and it's going to be interactive, and Zenaida is going to do very cool things with Kari and with Anne on this call tonight. And, Monty, do you want to introduce Zenaida because you've had her on the call before, and she's fascinating with what she's done and what she's doing, and I love her website. Um, don't want to make sure we plug in on that when people are ready to put their pens and papers. But we'll also give the website out so that people can find her as well. But, Monty, do you want to introduce? I'd love to. So, Zenaida Lorenzo is our guest, and here's how I met Zenaida was I met her – weekend of Halloween weekend, which was, we met at the Mastermind event in Orlando. And, you know, doing this call, the challenge is always, so who are we going to have on next week or who are we going to have on in a month from now? And we decided early on that my challenge would be to go down to Mastermind and find somebody new to bring them on the call. And lo and behold, like just the launch on the first day, so it was on Friday, I, we were eating food truck food, and I sat across from a, a kid that was from Colombia, and Zenaida sat down with us, and they started talking about salsa, and then this kid got up, and then I was like, okay, as far as I know, there's only one kind of salsa, but whatever. And then we started talking, and then I knew within 10 minutes of talking with Zenaida, she was the one. Uh, and she she will warp your mind as far as like, okay, well, you know, the whole thing about fall down seven times to get up eight or, you know, it's not how hard you got knocked down. It's how, it's how quick you get back up, that kind of stuff. It's it's your grit. It's, you know, what do you tell yourself when things don't work out? 
And what do you tell yourself when things do work out? Uh, you know, and so Zenaida, welcome to the call. I, you're a fantastic lady. Thanks for coming on again. Thank you. Thank, well, first of all, I want to thank you, Monty, and I want to thank Jen. I got to meet Jen this week for the first time, and I now I know you guys are a couple. You, you guys, both of you are so amazing, and I really enjoyed our conversation at Monstermind and all the conversations we had since then. And now I have a new friend named Jen, so I'm excited. So thank you for letting me be on here. I really do appreciate it. So, um, do you want me to introduce our other people? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to introduce them. They're going to introduce themselves in a little bit in a little second. Is that okay? No, go ahead, rock and roll girl. Okay, got it. Okay, great. So, what I want to do is really quickly. I want to set the stage for today, and we need to speak like I need to go fast, and I do speak fast. I'm a New Yorker, so New Yorkers speak fast, so I do speak fast. But luckily, we have it on recording, and you'll be able to slow it down because I really want to get a lot of things done. But before I get started, I want to tell you a little bit about myself, how this program came to be, and I also want to talk to you about what it means to be unstopped. First of all, I hope all of you have your printed sheets. There was um, Jen and Monty send out sheets, and you could find them at unstop.life forward slash marketer number one dot pdf unstopped.life forward slash marketer2.pdf. So make sure you have them because I think it's going to help you. It's going to move the call much faster if you have them. So what I want to do is really – Hold on, because I have Networker 1. Networker, I'm sorry. You're right, Networker 1. (laughs) Networker 2, okay. Yep, Networker 1 and Networker 2. And, and, you know, if you don't have them, you'll be able to download them later – today because I definitely want to respect your time, your family's time, and I want to get as much done in a short time. So if you have, you don't have them now, you could get them later. And I do, I, I like them because you'll be able to put all your goals in one sheet and you'll be able to really kind of set a, the stage with how you're going to progress with your business. So basically, let me tell you my background. So I was from 2004 to 2009, I was in network marketing. And I was, my first year and a half in my network marketing business, I was the number one income earner. In 2005, I became the number one income earner after only a year and a half in the business. That year, I sold close to a million dollars worth of products myself. That's not including my team, just it was myself. And one of the great things about that is I always loved training. I've always been a teacher my whole life. Anytime I had an opportunity to teach someone something, I love to teach. So... Once you become a top income earner, as all of you know, you get to share the stage at company events. And we had an event every, every, like every quarter to every uh, four months. And I would go on stage and I would start off my presentation with the same speech. I would say, when I first started off in business in New York, I worked in advertising, and I started with three strikes against me. Strike number one, I was a woman. Strike number two, I was a Latina woman because there weren't that many women in my business and there was definitely no women of color. Um, It was me and another woman who was African-American. And number three, I was illiterate. See, until the age of 29, I only read at the second grade reading level. And the reason I would start off my speech, I started um, my network marketing company in my uh, mid-30s. So I I was literate already for about seven years. The reason I would start off like that 
was because I really wanted to impart with people that it doesn't matter where you come from, you could make it in life, and you could definitely make it in network marketing. Start my speech like that. And then when I would go off and I would speak for about 40 to 45 minutes of what I was doing on a daily basis that had me be successful. And I would get off stage, and I would have a group of people around me that would say, come up to me and say, Zanita, how did you do it? One thing, they were kind of enchanted by my story. And number two, they wanted to know if I was doing something that I wasn't explaining on stage. Because they couldn't understand that what I was telling them to do was actually going to produce the results they wanted. And at first, I was always really surprised when I heard that because I said, well, I just spent an hour, you know, talking to you about what I did. And but again and again, I got the same question. So I stopped really being so surprised by the question. But over the years, I started becoming surprised by the people I met because the people I met were really highly they had a college education, which I didn't. They, you know, they came from, you know, great families, many of them. They had, you know, big names in their careers. But here I was able to produce more sales than they did. So at, the, at 2009, I had enough money for the first time in my life that I didn't have to work. And I, you know, I didn't have to work for years. I haven't worked really in the last six years. Um, so in 2009, I decided I was going to close down, walk away from network marketing, and I was going to seek out two questions. And these two questions were, one, what creates success? Why are some people so successful? And, what, and it, how can I teach that? And the second question was, how did I get out? Because I thought the way I was explaining to people how I did to get ahead in my life was really making sense. But I started really understanding that it really did not make sense. So that's basically, so that's basically my story. So the, what I teach, everything I teach comes from solid research. So what I, many people, when they train, they train from anecdotes. They train from their own personal experience or they train from a group of people's experience. What I wanted to do is I want to train on what helps the majority of people. So the research I talk about, the training I talk about, it's what works with most people. Most of the studies I work on have been tested on thousands and thousands of people. And what I'm going to present to you is what works for most people. So that's kind of my story. I spent the last six years interviewing psychologists, reading thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of journal articles on what creates exceptional performance. Why are people so successful? And I, I've written, I'm about to write my, finish my second manuscript on the subject. And basically this is what really creates. So if you take all of psychological research on performance and you say what's one thing that pops up and it's one thing, it's perseverance. So the, your ability to persevere will determine if and where you get to, if you succeed and where you get to in your success. Because perseverance does something, it does so many things, but perseverance is the only thing that leads to learning. And if, you're, if you look at learning from a psychological perspective, learning equals transformation. If you want to transform your business, you have to learn. And there's only one way to learn, and that is to persevere. Persevere even 
when there's no results. Persevere even if the results are tiny or great. Being able to be consistent throughout every day, every month, every year will lead to success. So that's my program is called Unstopped, and Unstopped is the ability to keep on moving. And what I teach is what psychologists have found keep people moving, and that's what we're going to learn tonight. So I'm really, really excited. What I do now is mostly my big interest is training salespeople. I believe that sales is the key to success. Because if you want to be an actress, you have to sell other people on your acting. If you want to be, you know, own a business, you have to sell people on giving you those loans. And if you want to be successful in network marketing, basically you have to sell. Selling is the root of network marketing. Network marketing is marketing and it's really getting people to look at your materials. And that's what I do. So what I do is I do assessments and then I train on what psychologists have taught us keeps people moving. So that's a little bit about me. That's about my training, and I'm excited to get started. So what I want to do right now is I want to introduce our two um, co-trainers. And what we're going to do today, as Jen said, we're going to do something a little differently. I'm going to lead Carrie, Carrie and Anne through this process. If you have your worksheets with you, great. You'll be able to follow along. Otherwise, you'll be able to listen to the recording and follow along. So what I want to do right now is I want to introduce Carrie, and Carrie, give us a little background about yourself. You can make about 60 to 90 seconds, and then we'll bring out Ann. Okay. Um, well, my name is Kari, and I've been with Young Living for about a year and a half. Um, got involved with the company um, just due to some health reasons. Had met Monty. Gosh, how long ago has it been, Monty? Has it been two to three years? Something Only like that. three. Yeah, I think it's three. Um, we actually met at a chamber event, and... Um, I also fix computers for a living for small businesses and home users, and so um, just had had some health issues and uh, had no place else to turn. So I, um, you know, asked him, you know, if he had anything that could help me out with some stuff, and um, he was able to help me out. And it just turned out to be one of those things where I had great results and really started looking at the business side of it for how many people that I talk to on a daily basis. I might as well have something else that I can offer them besides. Um, my services and their um, technology. And so that's a little bit of the background on me. Awesome. Thank you, Kari. See, there's grit on my part. It took me a year and a half to land Kari. That's right. <laughs> what was that? I said, there's a grit on my side. It took me a year and a half to land Kari. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right, Anne, you want to come out here and tell us about yourself? My name's Ann Adamitz, and I've been with Young Living for, I think, going on like 11 years, maybe even longer. I started when someone in my yoga therapy, I'm a yoga therapist and acupuncturist, and someone in my yoga therapy course had um, given me some oils, and I got really interested in them. But I really got interested in them when my father, who's a natural horseman, was at a horse show, and uh, a horse went down, and my Dad went to go get the band of me because he's kind of like a vet as well. And a lady said, no, stop, let me uh, let me try this lavender. And my dad thought, well, let's give it a shot. And she put three drops of lavender in the horse's nose, and the horse stood up. And my dad got on the phone and goes, hey, Annie, I don't know, uh, but I got $200 here. Get me whatever oils you think I got to have. <laughs> so I said, um, okay, I guess I'll get started in oils and learn about them. And so I did, and then I went on to Chinese medicine school and so now I incorporate the oils in my practice, in my Chinese medicine practice, in my um, yoga therapy, in my yoga classes. And I'm also doing 
one-on-one training and, and mentoring and coaching. So it's kind of a natural fit for wellness and health of all kinds. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. 11 years. That's great. I'm so impressed also with, um, with Jen, 14 years. That shows a lot of grit. So what I'm going to do, it's, it's awesome. And grit is it. Grit is it. So what I'm going to do real quick, we're going to, I'm going to just tell you what we're going to talk about. So the first module we're going to talk about, it's really, it's what I call the drive module, right? And it's really how you keep yourself driven. And I think that's really important. It's not the most important, but it's really important. And the second is, you know, having a system that empowers you, right? So if you're in a business, data is key. And the number three is what I consider the most important module of all is unstopped. Really what creates that type of performance. And I tell you, I want to make a promise to you. And anyone that studies psychological research knows that you never make promises. So I'm going out the limb, and I'm going to tell you, I promise you, if you learn what you're going to learn in Module 3, you will be able to achieve anything you want to achieve, anything that you want to achieve, because that's how powerful this module is. It's taught to the U.S. Army, and it's taught to top sales performers. It's taught to athletes. It's taught to anyone that has high stakes, and you're going to be able to Get a taste of it today, and if you practice it for the next 30 days, you will be unstopped. And not only in this business, but so many other areas of your life. And number four, I'm going to, talk, I'm going to really talk about grit. And um, grit is really important for me because I would tell you the reason I taught myself to read and the reason I was so successful in my network marketing business was because I had grit. I don't know how to give up. And um, I've been doing this research for six years. It's taken me six years to get here, and that's what grit does. Grit keeps you going. It keeps Jen going. keeps Anne going. And if you study exceptional performers, you will see that they never really succeed until years in the business. When Monty and I were in Orlando at the Mastermind event, there was, there was not one person that was on stage that was on top of their business that didn't fail for at least two years before they succeeded. The stories were the same story again and again. And if you study people who are high achievers, you will see the same pattern. You will see that they failed and they failed and they failed and they failed and they failed. And when they least expected, they succeed. Grit is something that is really important. So we'll talk about that last. So let's get started. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play coach. And Anne and Kari are going to be my coaches. But in reality, we're all teaching this course together. So what we're going to do is talk about the first module. So if you're any business that gets started has a mission statement, a business plan, it has a target, right? Because you don't start a business, an endeavor, without really having a target. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is, you know, what are your, you know, what are your goals? Like, what are your sales goals? Like, what is it that you want to create in this business? And what are you up to create? So what I'll do is I'm going to call out Kari here, and we're going to role play, and I'm going to, st- you're going to see that I stop them a lot because I tend to, I talk, stop people. I'm sorry, I'm getting over the flu. I'm going to stop them, and um, if there's a learning opportunity, I'm going to say stop, and then I'm going to 
give the training, and then we can come back. So they, they both agreed that I can do that. So, so Kari, what, what is your goal? What, what is it that you're here to create with Young Living? Um, what I'm here to create is when I had started, and I know I did tell Monty this, um, my goal was to be able to supplement my income completely with Young Living by the time Windows 7 becomes retired and it's no longer used mainstream in the computer world anymore. Um, and so that was kind of my goal was to be able to um, give myself a timeline to be able to do that and then from there, you know, be able to focus on other things that I want to do and other interests that I have. Okay. Now, okay, so this is a learning opportunity. And I, Kari and I already had this discussion. So, Kari, how specific do you think that, that – that, What was that? How specific do you think that mission statement is? Um, it's, it's, it's not super specific, but that was kind of like my attitude when I first started. Now, as far as – that's a little bit out there because it's, you know, that pushes out a few years. So does it give you many um, stops along the way? No. So it's not real specific. No. It is, but it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's got an end goal, but it doesn't really have a path on the way to get there. Okay. Yeah, and this is the thing. What I have discovered, right, from my own experience and from working with people is this, is that sometimes you're not that specific. Being not so specific sometimes, it's okay, right? Because when you start a business off, like if you start, let's say that I want to start a nail salon store or something, or something like that, and I start a nail salon store, and I say, you know what, my goal is to get it to this level, but until I get involved in the business, until I learn more about myself and my goals, it's a process, right? You don't really get there like from day one, right? Because sometimes the market's going to tell you something different. Things show up, and you can get a little bit more realistic about what you really want to create. So let's let's just take this opportunity. Let's make it as specific as we can. So when do you think Windows 7 is going to be obsolete? Well, let's see. Windows XP retired last year. Vista will be... You know, it'll be in the next year or so that that will go down the road. Windows 7, you know, I would say we probably have another two to three years before, at least two to three years before people will be forced to kind of give it up. Okay, so then, so let's say three years, okay? So that's 2015, 2018, okay? Right. Now, okay, so the whole thing, this is going to supplement, it's going to supplement your income, you want it to over, like, totally pay your bills, Right. Right. Now, do you feel comfortable sharing that number? Um, or you, you know, know it's, well, okay. you know, as far as what I want that to be, I mean, I, you know, actually, I would like it to be above what I make now. <laughs> but, okay, awesome. Um, you, you know, um, you know, I guess my goal, like, I guess within that time frame would be, you know, I guess I have never really sat down and put a number to it, like a number dollar amount in my head, because. Um, I guess in my mind, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for the next three years, it should probably be more than what I'm even thinking it should be if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. So why don't you throw out, will you be, feel comfortable throwing out a number right now? Just any number? Throwing out a number right now, so you said? Yes. Um, I would say five to 6000 a month. Five to 6000 a month? Okay, got it. Okay. So I'm going to just hold off on Terry right here. And I'm going to go to Anne, and then we're going to have kind of a learning opportunity. So, Anne, what is your goal? And then you, you've got a little training there. Hello, Anne. Sorry. Sorry. So, my goal was to be you know, even more bland and widespread than that, was to be financially independent. And because, you know, I've done, you know, it sounds great that I'm doing acupuncture and Chinese medicine and all of that, but with that came 
school and a lot of time where I wasn't, you know, earning as much as I am now. But each hour that I put in is the amount that I get back until I got into Young Living and seeing that I can make more. So what I would like to do is have, but it's also been years of doing Young Living that has been put in to make the money that I'm making from Young Living now. Um, But I am starting to now see that payback and I feel like now it's possible for me to make that income that that I had always thought was possible, or I had always hoped was possible, but wasn't seeing before. So, you know, if I, I would like to be financially independent and have multiple income streams coming in, not just every hour traded for work. Okay. Would you put a number on it? Yeah, I would like love to be making over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. Got a it. Year. Okay. So, so this is a great opportunity. So, this is what happens. Okay. So. In traditional business, right, you have to have projections, right? You have to say, you know, first year we're going to have to make, you know, 50000 Second year we'll make 70000 You know, third year, whatever, whatever. And it's really important that you start becoming very specific about your goals. Because a lot of things happen. And it's scary. For most people, it's very, very scary. So I'm speaking to everyone now. It's really scary because once you commit to it, first of all, it, it, you, you know, one of the things that human beings do is that they'll do anything to save their self-esteem. The same way if a car is, you know, you know you're crossing the street and a car is coming and you think you're going to get hit, your anatomical nervous system, that means your automatic response kicks in and you start running. The same thing happens when there's a lot of threat to our self-esteem. If we actually put a number down, and we don't reach it for some people, for some most most people, what happens is they start having like self judgment. So it's easier not to set a number. It's really easier. But it's also how you explain that to yourself, right? You know, goals are you know, a goal is something you don't have, it's something that you're really achieving, striving to achieve, right? So it's okay not hitting it. The whole thing is that you're striving for it, but it's really, really important that you start setting real goals. Not um, not that they're not real, but like financial freedom, it, you can't measure financial freedom. Financial freedom could be $10,000 a month. It could be $3,000 a month. It could be $1,000 a month. You really want to start setting targets. And you know what is going to happen? Sometimes you're going to be overzealous. You're going to say, well, you know what? I'm going to make $100,000 in X number of years. And, it, and then you realize three months in, you say, you know what? I may have to pull that up a little bit. I may want to make more. I want to make less. I need to make less. But the whole thing is you start starting out with numbers. And it's okay, like I said. Sometimes what it does, it takes a couple. You, you, you know, you set out something that feels right, and you're still feeling it through, but you want to get to a number as fast as possible. Now, Kylie, what do you think that that's important? You've been in the business for a long time. So what do you think that's important to really set a number for yourself? Well, it kind of makes you be accountable. I mean, it makes you look at it and be like, am I on track to hit this or am I not? And like you said, it is easier to not put um, real specific details on something because sometimes it's easier to do that. And, you know, I don't know, that's what I feel about it. When I don't put it really specific on what it is I want to do, then it's like I kind of forget that I need to be accountable. And so it is important to put as much detail as possible because then it's a reality check on, you know, am I am I headed in the right direction? Am I accomplishing what it is I say I want on the days that I'm not feeling real motivated and those things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then for some people, some people, um, there's something called self-sabotage. 
Um, and I'm not saying that you're doing this or anyone's doing this, but something to be aware of. Some people, again, it's because of self-esteem. It's called a self-esteem threat. See, some people, if they don't set a number, then they can never lose, right? They're like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing it every single day. But what really sad about that is that nothing gets really done. You really are not pushing yourself at the maximum that you can push yourself. And really who you rob is yourself. So, Anne, do you have anything to share uh, about that? I'm very much agreeing with that. And the measurable piece of it is really important. It's something that, um, you know, being somebody who's, more on the creative side and more of a dreamer, that's a lot easier for me to just sort of be, it's easy for me to think about um, abundance and get into that. And then when it hits the real world, I get, I'm like, well, it didn't show up. Well, that doesn't make much sense. But then when I'm hearing you talk about putting actual numbers to it and measurable pieces, then it even, it reminds me that I can actually visualize better. I can actually visualize my, my abundance better when I know what the number is that I'm looking for because I know what I put my mind to I'm going to achieve that but even having a measurable outcome of what I'm looking to manifest is really helpful because it helps me manifest exactly what I need exactly so yeah you want to start being very specific and again don't beat yourself up if you're in that in-between mode and I think that, you know, many times, you know, we know that something feels right. We know that we want to achieve it. But we still have to discover. There's a discovery stage of the business, a discovery self stage of ourselves. But you eventually you want to get your, you want to give yourself a month or a month and a half. Listen, I'm going to make a commitment to this. This is what I'm up to, to create. Because then, again, you can measure up. And we're going to talk about measuring up in a second. But then this is the second part. Now, I know everyone who's been in network marketing for 15 days has heard about a why, Right. Why is that important? So you said that you want to, um, Kari, you said that, you know, by, you know, another three years, 2018, you want to um, retire from your, from, your, from your business and do this full t- and have enough money that it brings all the money you need for your, your lifestyle. Why is that important to you? Well, it's important to me because of the other um, passions and interests I have. I very much um, enjoy giving back. I enjoy volunteering. I enjoy doing things that don't necessarily um, equate to dollars, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to be able to go out and help other people and just um, be able to not have the day-to-day stress of, okay, I've got to stay to the grind and, and make this and you know, do that. Um, it's important to me, and it's important to me as my children continue to get older and as I have grandkids and all those things that are going to be coming down the pike to be able to have time. And time is the most precious thing any of us have. And, um, and, if, you, and if you financially don't have, you know, don't have that part of your life taken care of, you have less and less of it. Okay, so let's play a game right now, Kari, and let's just play a game. And okay. the game is you're going to make a list of what why it's important to you, and I want a specific thing that you're going to be able to do or have, what would that be? A specific thing I'd be able to do or have. Other than time? Well, this is the thing. I'm going to give you an analogy. I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of give you something for me. Because, see, again, you, like, if everyone listening in, and this is what we all do, right? This is, this is, you know, to really get specific, it takes so much time. Like, what I always tell people, journal, 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 journal. 
you know, start writing down why this business is important to you. But what would happen for most of us, unless we're trained, unless we're kind of pushing, like pulls from us or coached through it or have someone that it's there grinding us, we, we kind of have these kind of hazy type of reasons to do things. They do not drive you. So I'm going to give you my specific. I'm going to give you something that I'm working on, okay? So I've been working on this research for six years. When I first started doing this research, believe it or not, I thought I could do it in three months. And one thing that, that, I, that one of my strengths is that I, I, that I could read research. Research is pretty complicated to read. There's a lot of people that can do it. But it's, and it's, for me, it's the most fun. Like, don't give me a book. Give me a bunch of journal articles. And I love to write. Right, so, but now it's time for me, you know, I've, I've done all the research I need to do. If I continue to do research, it's going to be a waste of time. So my new, my new purpose, what I want to create now is I'm going to be full training, coaching, and developing people. That's what I want to do full time, right? For the last six years, my strengths and what I do really easily is do the research, write about it, so my why is that I haven't seen my niece that I love with all my heart in two years because I've been doing research. And my why is to go to Puerto Rico and to spend a week with her traveling through the island and spending time with her laughing. She loves McDonald's, believe it or not, taking her to McDonald's, taking her to the beach. She's a runner and taking her running. You see how powerful, I mean, for me, it makes me want to cry. That's how you really want to start talking about what you're going to be able to create in your life. Kyra, you just said that you love to give, right? You love mm-hmm. to give. You want to start really thinking about those moments in your life that this opportunity to reach your goals are going to give you, because if you do, you're going to tap into a resource within you that you never knew existed. But having general, general reasons is not enough. Does that make sense? Yep. Does my analogy make sense? Yeah. It almost made me cry. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally makes sense. No, for yeah. sure. And so, so this is the thing. This little module, thank you, Monty. Um, this little module is called Thrive. And what you want to start doing is you want to start being specific about what you really want to create really specific, okay, year 14, I mean, 2018, I will be making $6,000 a month from my Young Living um, business. That's it. It's one sentence. Number yep. two, what are you going to be able to do? Now, I want to tell you something. So th- let me tell you about the research because I'm a research junkie, as you know. So Locke, was, who's the, he's a, a psychologist in management, he found that when people are specific, create challenging goals and they create it themselves or more out to take the actions to take to make it happen. Not when someone gives it to you. So you want to make it the more challenging. You don't want to make it too challenging, but you don't want to make it easy. If it's easy, you don't do anything. But if it's challenging, you will do something. It has to be specific and you have to create it on yourself. Okay? So that's where this research comes from. So easy goals do nothing for you. Once you understand the human condition, we love challenges. It gives us life. It's not about money. It's about the challenge. So 
definitely you want to start being very specific. And your goal should not be more than two sentences for your young living business. That's like a mission statement in a sense. Mission statement is really what you're going to do for people, but this is like your personal mission statement. I'm here, 2018, I will be doing $6,000 a month in my business, and that's what you're, you're up to, right? And then you want to start getting emotional. What, you know, build those visions. What are you going to be able to do? Like, you know, I have to tell you, I'm really passionate about women. I'm really, really passionate. I grew up in a household where women had no rights. We didn't have a father. My the oldest brother was, you know, Puerto Rican, macho society. It was all about the man. And to me, it's just like I grew up with that. And I'm like so much about empowering women. I love men too. I want to empower men. But so one of the things that I see myself, I see myself in South and Central America speaking in crowds of 10,000 women and empowering them. That makes me get up and fail 100 times a day. Because I want to see myself in South and Central America empowering women to take on their life. That's one of my visions. That's very specific. 10,000. Why 10,000? Because I think it's a fun number. It will make a huge difference. And part of that group, it will be I want to have women inmates that are bust into the, the, the coliseums, and I want to have a bunch of women inmates there as well. So that's a very, very clear vision for me. And that's makes, that makes my heart beat. It makes me excited. It makes me take on challenges. And that's what you want to start getting to. You want it. That's drive. That drives you. I'm going to teach you something that's much more powerful than this at the end. But this is very important. When you're feeling in the morning not driven, you want to start looking at this. You want to look at your statement. What are you up to to create? It could scare you. That's okay because Locke has shown that people who are little, that go outside of their comfort zone, that have goals that are bigger than they think they could achieve but actually do more work. But then you want to tap into those real clear statements that you're going to say, why am I going to do this? What is it going to mean for my children? What is it going to mean for my parents? What is it going to mean for the world? But being very specific is very important. So, Anne, do you have anything to add to that? I completely can see what you're saying. I totally agree with you on everything you're saying. I can't but add, you know, just really gets me thinking of the of the intricacies of exactly what it looks and feels like. And I think, you know, because I'm in preventative medicine, I have some very similar visualizations as what you're having is affecting lots of women. And my, the women that I want to affect are much younger and in, uh, my you know, years ago, my my I would write down advanced self care worldwide, advance it just in some way, and now it's clearer and clearer that it's about taking ownership and power of what of what you can control, and instead of focusing on everything else and everybody else, it's about what you can control and what you can do. And I can totally see visualizing myself doing the same thing, speaking to thousands of people, helping those women, whether it's in high school or even grade school starting to integrate those abilities as you know as soon as possible. Exactly. And you know, and this is the thing. So I want to kind of bring you this is awesome, right? Because I love the sharing experience. So we, we, you you and I know that you were just giving an example, but I'm going to pick on you, Anne. You said grades be this, be it that. You want to start being very specific. Now again, it may take research, right? It may take research. It may say, you know what, I don't know which population would be best 
for what I'm able to do for them, right? Because I say, you know, I think it's great school, right? Um, I'm going to give you one more example and we're going to move on. So, for example, my, some of my research shows that some of the most powerful people are people that go to community colleges. They have so much grit. And because of the population that goes into community colleges, most people that go to community colleges have had hard, you know, they didn't go to a four-year school, the majority of them, because they, don't, they come from impoverished backgrounds. They don't have the, the skills. Right. But they have something that no one, you can't buy and you can't be taught. You have to experience it. And that's resilience. Because people that actually grow up in poverty have something that people that are wealthy can never get, and that's resilience. Majority. There's a lot of wealthy people that are very resilient, but I'm just saying, hitting the ground, falling, builds resilience. So after I read that research study, right, I'm very interested in going into community colleges. I didn't know that, right? But that's part of, you know, that's another reason why I want to get out there, right? Because I want to also do that. So there, my list of my whys are getting longer and longer, but they're also very, very specific. So, and like you said, thousands of people, how many thousands? And I'm, getting, I'm picking on you. I know you probably know, but I'm just kind of using this as an illustration. And what grade? That may, you may have to go out and read five books and ten books, and it could be a year later. You find this group of a population that can really help, that you can help, you want to start being specific. You know, if, you, if you're kids, you want to put them in a certain school, you want to name the schools. You just want to be very, very clear because you know what? You can see it. You can feel it. When it's vague, there's, it's nothing. It's not there. It's not real. So anyway, we're taking a lot of time. Let me ask you a question. Can we go over 10 minutes? Because I will be able to finish this for 10 minutes. Would that be okay with you, everyone? I'm cool with it. Jen, are you cool? Yes, yeah, so long as we stay before 8.15 or 9.15 your time, that'd okay. be good. Okay, great. So what I want to do is I'm going to go into the second module. So the first module I call the drive module, okay? And the second module, I have my notes. But it, okay, yeah, this is the second module is really about having data, having a system and plan. Place. So if you go to the second page, all the way to the left, it's called Measure It Daily. Now, we won't, I'm not going to get into a lot of this detail because I really want to get to the middle, so I'm going to go over this really quick. So, Anne and Carter, I'm not going to use you as examples, um, but then I really want to work on the second half of the last portion because I think it's the most important portion. But I don't think that the most important portion would make sense without the first two portions. So the second thing is, is that, listen, if you had any business and you went to get a loan for that business to expand your business, People want to see data. And so really it's about measuring your daily activities. There's a bunch of reasons why. So, for example, today we have text. You could send out text messages. You could put things on Facebook about your business. You could send out email. You could pick up the phone. You could actually measure how many people you run into in the store. You want to start measuring how many people you introduce to this business, either as a product or as a possible business partner. And the reason you want to do that is because, first of all, you can be strategic. Remember in the first module we said, you know, you want to be specific, right? You can't be specific, strategic, if you don't know what your numbers are. 
if you don't know, if you don't keep a diary of your daily activities, on this module I have kind of a little printout, but you can become much more, you know, instead of dials, you can say, okay, how many emails do you send out? How many text messages you send out? How many follow-ups you did? You know, you want to, you, you also, this is what happens. I, I did this in the beginning of my business. So I know when I was doing it, back then we didn't have, we were mostly making phone calls, um, and I was using, I was buying lists. I was actually doing a cold market. And every 11th qualified person that I introduced this business to that went on the call got started with me. So we had a, a call where people would actually get on the line and listen to this 20-minute recording, every 11th person. Now, I came from a sales and marketing background, so I was already doing this in my prior company. And when I came here, it was the first thing I did. For at least seven months, I kept track record of everyone I talked. So it, you know, it would make, I would have probably have to do about eight, anywhere from 85 to 100 calls. Out of those 85 to 100 people that I actually called, um, I probably spoke to about 22 people or 23 people or 25 people. 13 of them were just not qualified. 11 people I invited to get on the call, and one out of every 11th person got started. Now, I stopped doing it for a couple of years, and at the end, I started doing it again. I remember one day, I was keeping track, and I said, oh, my goodness, I must, there's something wrong with me. I put 19 people on the call, and no one got started. 20 people on the call, no one got started. Where is she at? She fell away. Somebody text her. Uh oh! Oh no! I don't know. She's like writing notes too. No, she's good. Hold on. Do you? You've got her right in. You can text her, Monty, right? Yep, I'm texting. I'm back. Can you hear oh, me? There, there she is. is. <laughs> I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I was gone. I'm sorry, so I don't want to disturb where you're at. So I'm back. I'm sorry. We're missing another one. Who, Kari fell off too? No, I'm back. I did fall off, so I'm back. Okay. Are we waiting for Zenaida? Yeah. Hi, I'm here. I'm back. I'm back. I have All a right. lot of grit. There's nothing stopping me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I was saying, so the 21 person and the 22nd person got started with me. Now, I was teaching a training, I was, I was training and mentoring one of the people in my team, and she was having a hard time. She was getting really emotional about the whole prospecting and putting people through, through calls, excuse me. And she put 11 people on the call, and I was at a big training event, and she's like, it works, and she started jumping, and I did the same thing that Naida told me to do, and the 11th person got started. This is why, this is a couple reasons why you want to track. You want to track everything. And I'm serious. If you track everything for a couple months, you're going to be amazed at what you see. And I literally had, and I had got rid of it because I moved, I had every one of these sheets for years, right? Because I started, I saved it, and then at the end, I started again. You know, a year out before I stopped doing my network marketing, I did it again. One thing, a couple things is you're going to see where your holes are at. If you start looking at your data every single day, you say, wow, I only talked to two people that week. I only talked to four people. Someone's cleaning dishes. I only talked to five people this week. And then you're going to start seeing a pattern. 
And what you're going to start being able to do is, first of all, get unemotional. Don't be emotional about the experience. You don't want to have emotion in it. The more you can separate emotion from this whole business of introducing people to your business, the better off you're going to be. But more importantly, you're going to start seeing holes, right? So the whole thing is about taking action, being on stop, being in action, being in action, being in action. What you're going to be able to say, you know, maybe I could, you know what? Maybe I'm not handling myself really well when I'm talking to people in this area because these numbers are pretty high. But if you don't measure it, you won't know what to look for. And if, I promise you, if you keep on measuring, you're going to start seeing these patterns that are going to come up. But eventually, this is the most important pattern. You're going to be able to take your check at the end of the month and divide it by how many people you, you called. And you're going to know that you're going to say, you know what, I called, five, I called you know, 50 people this month and my check was X. And you're going to start making the equation. For every time I talk to somebody, I'm making 50 bucks or I'm making $40 or I'm making $20. And what it's going to do is, again, it's build that whole unstoppability. Okay, great. You know what? I talked to three people. I made, you know, let's say that you make $20 for each person that you talk to when you do all your numbers, right? Or, the, you know, the initiation call, right? $20. Oh, wait, I made 60 bucks today. You know what? I'm going to make three more calls because I'm going to make, I'm going to make $120 today. So, again, it's about taking that emotion out of it. So, real quickly, lightning speed. Jen, what do you think about I mean, I mean, Anne, what do you think about that idea? Well, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's not really, it's not a lot of work at all. Uh, you it's have like, a grid. You have a grid. Uh, have you seen my grid? Me, like, <laughs> to be honest with you. Listen, I love that, the honest feedback. But you have a grid. So, if you build this grid every day, all you do is little, little, do little checkpoints. It's a little tick mark. Okay, you can have one for emails. Okay, I sent out 50 emails. Click, click. And then um, I made 15 calls. You put that in a little box. You made, you know, so, and then you did five presentations. It takes no extra time once you build the system. You just actually get a little book and you either copy what I just wrote and expand it or you just actually do it. It's really, really super easy. But it empowers you. Don't you want to see how it empowers you? No, it does. I think I think the calling part was the part that got me out. And so visualizing, though, my techniques, like, you know, whether it's just reaching out to my team or whether it's just reaching out and making those, you know, email, the emails and things like that. Those. No, not, not reaching out to your team. Jen said something really important in the beginning of this call. 80% of your activity is introducing people to this business. It's your initiation to bring people into this business. That's really what matters. The thing, listen, it's a numbers game. In sales, it's a numbers game. You are as great, your check is as big as how many people you talk to, period. And I'm going to teach you how to talk to people and never be scared again in a second. That's really the key. So when you measure, it's only your, your, your prospecting activity. That's all you have to measure because that's the only thing that's going to, that determines your check. Got it? Got it. How about, how about you, Kari? What do you have to say about that? Um, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, one thing that I've worked really hard on is at my office I have, you know, kind of an interesting display set up. And so I wind up talking to people every week. Um, I don't track it, though, and I should. You know, so it's kind of one of those things where because I meet new people almost every single day, you know, I always have, you know, this is a part of what I do as well. And so the opportunities there and someone's interested, I always talk to people and then I, I'm always pretty good to follow up with them. I just don't always track it. So 
So it would definitely it'll be helpful to be like, okay, you know, how many people did I see this week that were interested? How many weren't interested? And, uh, you know, and I'm a huge data person, and I love tangible things that I can look at and make sense of. So, so it's very good. Yeah, yeah. And for example, my, when I'm on my other bucket list goal, I'm very specific. My goal, my goal is also to speak at large network marketing events, right? I want to speak at rallies. I, you know, I want to go to out the the world and speak at at network marketing events. So what I have done is I made a list of all the CEOs of every network marketing place, and now I have all their numbers. I'm getting their emails, and even though I'm not working on that specifically right now, what I'm also I'm tracking. You know how many activities I take every day to introduce my training to people, but that's one thing. You know, I'm I'm creating the, the list, like just like everyone in, in network marketing creates a list of people who they're going to reach out to in their community. I'm doing the same thing, and tracking is a key. So right now, I I talk to people. Okay, great. I'm I'm going to present at this event. I'm going to present at that event, and really keeping those numbers is really really important. And having a system for it. Okay, so those the reason these two are so important. The reason I wanted to I introduce you to those two concepts is really because I wanted to get into this concept. And we're going to spend the next 15 minutes talking about this concept, and I'm going to introduce you right now. But before I do, I really want to um, talk to you about what we're going to talk about. And, and really, it's going to be a 30-day challenge. Because what I'm going to teach you right now, you will not learn in two weeks. You probably won't even learn in 30 days. It'll probably take you two to three months to master what I'm going to teach you right now. But I promise you again, if you learn this, you're going to learn what the U.S. Army is learning to teach their people to be more resilient, more healthy, more unstopped. You'll also be, learn what top salespeople in many, many organizations are taught and what comes naturally to some people. But before I read that, do, go into that, what I want to do is I want to read you a quote uh, by William James. William James is considered the father of, of American psychology, and this is what he wrote. He wrote it back in 1907. He wrote, compared with what we ought to be, we are only half awake. Our fires are dampened. Our drafts are checked. We're making use of only a small part of our possible mental resources. Men the world over possess amounts of resources which only exceptional individuals push to their extremes of use. Now, he wrote this back in 1907. Back in 1907, we didn't have statistics. Statistics were not available the way they are today. Okay? So back in, like, 1960s, 1970s, that's when statistics really became, when, when psychological research has really become to be kind of a science, not just a philosophy. Now, I want to talk to you, like, everyone has met that exceptional salesperson, or that exceptional athlete, or that exceptional business owner. And for, for as long as we have humanity, people have been fascinated by them. Actually, back in, during the Greek times, Greek, the Greeks actually thought that God gave people a special gift, that they were born that way. But in the last 40 years, what we've discovered is that people are not born any certain way. That there are certain things that they do that actually creates exceptional performance. Unfortunately, in America today, we still believe, the great majority of people believe that people who have talent are actually born and not made. When research since the 1960s has suggested that people are made, 
not born. Now, there's certain things, like if I wanted to be, I'm five foot one. Um, in my 40s, I'm never going to be a prima ballerina. You know, I'm, I'm too short, I'm, you know, I'm too old, I'm just not going to be a prima ballerina, but that's not my goal anyway, right? But pretty much every, when you look at people, like I would never be a basketball player. See, I'm five foot one, I'd never be a basketball player. Well, hey, you know what, there's some short basketball players, right? But <laughs> there's something that genetics do play, right? So they say that artists have some, sometimes they have a, something with their eyes that they see colors differently. But for the great majority, it's not with what you're born with. You could be born with all the potential in the world, but if you don't use that potential in a certain way, you will not become your what you can become. And so the reason I say that is because what psychologists have found creates this exceptional performance is actually grit, it's actually perseverance, it's actually practice that creates these people to become extraordinary. Back then, the Greeks really thought that this, they would got, the gods really gave people gifts. And unfortunately, like I said before, people in this country still believe in the whole thing of gifts. When it's 1960, Benjamin Bloom pretty much gave us the insights to say, you know what, it's not gifts. It's how, peop- how hard people work. You know, having strength and resilience and keep on going is a really big thing that creates exceptional performance. So if you're not where you want to be, you just have to work harder. Okay, so that's what I wanted to say because this is really important because what I'm going to talk about right now is I'm going to fast forward to 1985 and I'm going to talk about what we're going to learn right now about because this is so apropos and I'm so excited about what I'm going to teach you right now. So in 1985, Metropolitan Life Insurance in New York City was having a major problem. It would cost them $30,000, this is 1985, to bring in one insurance salesperson into their business. 30000 that's like $150,000 today, if you think about doubling and doubling every 10 years, right? It's about $150,000, maybe a little bit more than that. And what, what they did is they, Dr. Martin Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania came to New York, and they started doing a bunch of tests. And forever, I'm going to tell you, from the beginning of, of time in, in psychology, psychologists been interested in why some people are able to fail and keep on going. That's fascinating to them, right? Dr. Sullivan's work prior to getting to the New York um, Metropolitan Life Insurance Building actually gave insights to why, how people are able to fail and fail and fail and fail and some people are able to keep on going. Actually, his research shows that some people go through extreme hardship, concentration camps, and about a third of those populate people that go through such extreme adversity still are able to live very highly successful lives. That is kind of an, that's kind of like mind-blowing. Like how can someone go through hell and still have a productive life? And what he found out through his research was is how people explain failure to themselves determines how long people persevere, okay? So I'm going to explain this real quick, and then I'm going to bring Ann and Kari out here. So this is the whole thing, right? So sales, the reason he, this is so fascinating is that Martin Seligman, being a researcher, he was fascinated because he said, you know, of all groups of people that have to live, you know, go to work every day, sales is probably one of the professions that meets with more failure 
than any other profession. You have to be told no ten times in insurance salesperson selling insurance before you get one yes. And that's after you talk to a slew of people to get ten appointments. Right? You have to talk to hundreds of people to get ten appointments to get one yes. But how are people able to do that? Because if you look at normal human ex- uh, experiences, people, we don't want to fail. Most of us are averse to failure. But like I said before, the people who succeed are people who are able to persevere. And part of perseverance is dealing with failure again and again and again. I won't have time to tell everyone in the car how I taught myself to read, but it was two years of failure every single day. That helped <laughs> that had me learn how to read. But that was two years after failing for 27 years. But the thing is, is that so the more you're able to fail, the more no's you get, you're going to get to a yes. And that's really so much of network marketing. So what Martin Seligman did is he did something crazy. Like he was testing, he was testing, and he did a bunch of tests. And then what he said to the head of the Metropolitan Life Insurance was, listen, give me these 100 people. I want to recruit 100 people that have failed, that you would never hire, that failed your entrance into the insurance sales business. Because back then, about 90% of people who got into insurance sales after the second year quit, right? Or after the first year, 50% quit, and after two years, 90% quit. So this was a real big problem. So what Martin Sullivan did took a big risk. He says, give me 100 people, and I'm going to teach them how to explain failure to themselves in a positive way, and we're going to see what happens. So guess what happens? In two years, what you're about to learn today, those people who got the training sold 27% more insurance than anyone else in the group. And, and part of the group that they hired were people that were very positive and people that were average, right? But this is even more exciting. When they took everyone together and they took the top 10%, those people that were able to explain failure to themselves in the most positive light sold 88% more insurance than the bottom 10% in two years. So when I talk about being unstopped, what you're about to learn right now will teach you to be unstopped. This is really where it's at. This is what they teach athletes. It's attributional style. It's called attributional style, more technical term. It's how you explain what just happened. When you're an athlete and you just get knocked down in that second and you're defeated, you better attribute, you better think positively that you can make it happen. And the same thing with network marketing. Network marketing is the easiest, difficult business in the world because you have to just be able to get shot down a bunch of times before you get your superstars in your team. So as you can tell, I'm very excited about this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to explain this to you. This is difficult to explain. Once you get it, it's very, very simple. So everything, we make a decision, things happen, I'm snapping my hands, snapping my fingers, I don't know if you hear it. Something happens, you make a decision. 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 It happens really quickly. So what I'm going to have you do is slow yourself down and look at what stops you. So, for example, this week you say, you know what, I'm going to introduce my business. My goal is to, you know, retire myself in three years. In order for me to do that, I have to make 100 phone calls this week or 50 phone calls this week, whatever. You make 15 phone calls. Three people hung up the phone on you. Somebody thinks you're crazy. Other people say, yeah, I'm going to get started, and they never get started. That is how you attribute, what you, how you attribute that 
15 person, that 15 call will determine if you make the other 35 calls. Does that make sense? And come out here. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. Okay. So basically, um, Jen's going to kill me because I'm going over. So basically, this is what happens. So what you want to start doing is you want to start looking at when you set a goal for yourself and you stop pursuing that goal, you want to be able to label exactly where that happened. So you make, you say you're going to make 50 calls today, for example, or this week. You make 15 calls, and then you're like, man, no one's getting started. That's what we call an adversity, right? You face something that you don't like, something that, oh, it's adverse. Oh, God, I made 15 calls, no one got started. What you want to start doing is you want to start connecting that to your emotions and your next action steps, right? When you face something that you don't want to, that, that you don't like in the pursuit of your goals, you want to start going down to see in, 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 the, in my little manual here and start connecting that to how you feel the consequence of your feelings and your actions. So what I want to do real quickly is I want to bring out um, – Kari, Kari, come out here because we we can we have to do this super fast, okay? So Kari, right. tell I me how fast. <laughs> okay, great. So Kari, tell me about a situation, and we had we did a little role play prior to this call, where you are set out to introduce your business and something happens. So give us a quick snapshot of that. Uh, can you say that again? I'm sorry, you cut out. So remember we were talking about one time where you were you wanted to introduce your business to certain people and then you didn't because you had a yep. thought. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I didn't have the problem sharing my business with a lot of people, but for whatever reason, I just had an issue sharing it with my mother-in-law. I don't know why at that moment. I just kind of avoided her on the whole subject. Um and then I did invite her to a small oil class. I had Monty was there, and I think there was five people at that class, and everyone but her signed up. And so I kind of just after that just let it go. I didn't, you know, didn't bring it up around her anymore, nothing like that. And I just was like, um, it is what it is. And my point was that she, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you because that's a learning opportunity. Okay. So sure. what happened was, Kari invited her mother to a small group. Right. Everyone got started but her mother. Right? Mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law, right? So what happened was she had a belief about her mother-in-law, okay? That belief, which is number two, this is the ABCs of of how you behave, determined what happened next. So now what happened next? It's Thanksgiving. What happened next? Well, this last Thanksgiving, uh, my in-laws were... um I found out they were home alone, and so um, I just... I feel bad for anyone to be home alone on the holidays. So I called my mom, and I said, hey... um, can we invite them over just because I, I just don't want them to be alone? And she's like, yeah, sure, bring them over. And um, my mom, my brother, my brother's wife, I had an aunt and uncle there, and actually some cousins who've all um, really embraced Young Living and, and been excited about the oils. And um, I have a Zyto scan, and they had all asked me to bring it over because they wanted to, um, you know, just, you know, kind of dig into some of the oil stuff. And it was kind of strange because um, – I was in my element. I was around people that, you know, that I was excited with and stuff. And then here comes my mother-in-law, and she's kind of like, oh, well, I want to do one. And I was like, and I didn't even ask her, which was probably rude on my part. Okay, okay. So, so I'm going to stop you. Stop you right here. Stop you right there. Sure. So her belief about her mother-in-law, and it, you know, and it, 
about being excited about the business, and it's a bigger backstory, had her invite almost everybody in the group to participate in the in the event, but her mother-in-law, okay? She did not ask her because of if you can link it, you can link it to her belief of her first experience. Now, go ahead. Keep on going. Yep. So anyway, um, she's like, oh, well, I want to do one. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's, you know, that's fine. And then my father-in-law came up and he wanted to do one as well. And um, my business partner in my computer business, she was there as well. And between her and I, we have tons of oils and we had them there. And so they were going through looking at their Zytoscan results and smelling their stuff. And my father-in-law was kind of like, you know, well, can you get me some of this? Can you get me some of that? And so it was kind of an interesting thing um, at the end of the day because, you know, they were more receptive than I thought they would be. Um, my father-in-law, whenever I see him, he makes comments about some of the oils that I've given him. Um, for Christmas, my mother-in-law actually wanted, um, she wanted a diffuser and some other things. And, um, you know, the budget my husband and I set for our Christmas presents, we usually don't, you know, spend 150 per person. But it was just kind of interesting um, the way that I had decided that um, situation was going to be or that relationship was going to be um, was just because of something that, I decided it wasn't because of anything that she decided. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, yeah. And I want to say something else that you said. You said that when she said, "Wow, I want this and that," you never offered her to buy it, right? No, I didn't, and I still haven't. <laughs> I, I still haven't. Okay, I still haven't. Exactly. So this is the whole thing. So this is what I'm going to get in real quickly. Um, before Jen bans me from ever speaking to you guys again, because I'm going over, um, and I totally get why we need to keep this on time. But this is the thing. So when you, when people always say, "Listen, be more positive. Stop, stop being so negative." See, it's not so easy to go from negative to positive thinking because that's not how our brain works. Actually, when something happens, we're meaning-making machines. We've heard that, and we are. Everything that happens to us, we have to make meaning, and I'll tell you why. We're the only living creature in this universe or in this earth that actually knows we're going to die. No other animal, every other animal functions from the anatomical nervous system. Because we know we're going to die, we need to bring meaning to our lives, right? We have to have meaning. They say, you know, if a lion runs after a, 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 a zebra, as soon as the lion is out, of sight, the zebra doesn't think, oh, my God, why did that happen to me? How come I survived the lion? What does that mean to my life? They don't do that. They just go on living their lives. Human beings are different. Are different. We actually measure what happens to us on three levels. The first level is, was it me or was it someone else? How long is it going to last a short time or a long time? Is it going to affect this area of my life? or every area of my life. Depending on those three things depends on if we have a positive attribution, meaning it's a positive experience and we move forward, or we have a negative attribution, which we get stopped. So it's not so easy to say, okay, just think positive. Thinking positive doesn't do anything. It's actually making the connection between what happens what is the consequence? How do you feel and what you do? Making those two connections, you could start understanding is what is that tiny belief. It took me and Kari how much time minutes? Twenty minutes, twenty five minutes to get through that. So just that one experience, it took twenty five minutes for me to break that down and to pull it out of her little by little until she had the aha moment. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So 
this is this is this is where the real big things happen. So what you want to start doing is you want to start thinking about what your intentions are. What is your intention for this week when it comes down to your business? And as soon as you stop moving forward to that intention, you want to see what happens. So I was talking to Anne, and Anne, because of time, I'm just going to paraphrase our conversation. I was talking to Anne, and Anne is very successful. She runs multiple businesses, and she does this business. And she says sometimes she gets caught up, you know, when she has a technical problem or something happens in technical, it just throws her off, right? It just throws her off, right? So when you want to start looking, that could be, that's the adversity, right? For, 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 um, Kari, it was like, okay, my, 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 my mother-in-law was the only one that didn't sign up. She's not interested, right? At that moment, what, she could, what Kari could have done is say, you know what, how do I feel? And just tap into that feeling because feelings are really important because feelings, if you feel bad, you just kind of lower your energy. And also, what did I, what did I do? You know, maybe when at the first event, maybe her mother-in-law didn't have enough information. Maybe if Kyrie had a different belief that maybe her mother-in-law would be interested, she probably would have asked more questions. So, but basically, this is what I want to get to. If you start making the ABC connection and you start measuring every day, so what I suggest you do is you have a 30-day challenge and with your business. You want to take one area of your life and you say, okay, what is my intention? What am I out to create? That's the first thing we did. What is it, how many numbers, what, am I, what is it going to take for me to reach my goal, right? If I have, I want to make $6,000 a month, how many people do I have to talk to on a monthly basis ongoingly for the next three years for me to reach that? And then you want to get here. You say, where am I being stopped? And what you want to start doing is making, you know, okay, something happened right now. I told myself I was going to do this from 4 to 6. It's 4.15. I'm not doing it anymore. What happened? Oh, yeah, it was a fourth person that said no to me this morning. Hmm. Okay, you go down to see. Oh man, I just feel like crap. I hate this, man. No one wants ever going to get started in this business. Man, maybe I'm just not good enough. See, again, personal. I'm not good enough. That's a negative attribution. A positive attribution is hey, I just call four people. They are not ready for this business. Great. So that's a positive attribution. A negative attribution. There's something wrong with me. The second thing is, man. This is going to last for the rest, this, be like this for the rest of my business. For the next three years, every day, people are going to reject me. Or, hey, you know what? This is just today. This is this morning. This is, you know, August, you know, this is August 15th. You know, that, that doesn't have, it's not going to happen forever. And you know what? The last part of the attribution, hey, this just affects my day. It doesn't affect my life. See, what you want to start doing is you want to start making that connection. Because when you start making that connection, what you're going to start doing is starting making a very, 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 very strong connection that you could only experience by doing this on a daily basis. You're going to start seeing how when you are challenged, how your beliefs affect your action. And once you start making that connection and becoming really, really succinct where you kind of own it and it's yours and you understand it, that's when you become unstopped. Like I said, this was, this is taught. Okay, so um, the U.S. Army taught about four modules about about for ten days. They're taught resilience, right? Because they understand that if you're in the U.S. Army, you have to have resilience. This is the bulk of the training that they're taught. They're taught to make that connection. When you are an athlete, you're taught to make that connection. If you ever read um, quotes by athletes. 
and what they're thinking. So a co- what an athlete does when they're like pushing and they are they hit a wall, the conversation they have with themselves is just one more call, one more. I just need I just have to give it a little bit more. I have to keep on going just a little bit more. See, they over years they learn to do this. They learn to not let adversity, failure, hit a wall, defeat, determine how what they believe. And if you are able to make that connection, I promise you something. First of all, you're gonna have amazing kids because you're gonna your kids learn stuff by just seeing you. You're gonna be unstopped, and what you're gonna be able to create in your life is unstoppability. So. This is the bulk of what I've learned. In my research, in my years of last six years, I just, perseverance is the key to all success. No one who has ever made anything of themselves did not fail. The person who's able to fail the most succeeds the most. Failure is not what America says it is. It doesn't determine who you are, what you can do. Failure is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to calibrate. It's an opportunity to get better. And your mindset, how you look at those adversities will determine where you get to. So I want to thank you. I'm so sorry that this is the most important module, and I took the lo- it took the longest to get here. But I hope you got something out of it. And please, please take on the 30-day challenge. Please, please take on the 30-day challenge. Start looking at where those instances when you, you don't do what you say you're going to do, when you have the time to do what you say you're going to do, but you don't do it anyway, start making those connections because once you do, and I think it, it really takes about anywhere from 30 to, to 120 days to really make those connections, then what you're going to be able to you're going to be able to dispute it. And the second part is disputing it. You're going to be able to be more rational and more unstopped because nothing, nothing, nothing what the outside world tells you that you or what happens to you will stop you from pursuing your goals. So I'm done. <laughs> Well, that's okay because, you know, as you can see, the reason why we picked Kari and Anne because they're exceptional leaders and, you know, people that are growing their business that we really, um, how do you want to say, you know, Monty and I, we talk, even though uh, Anne is not in his organization, you know, we always discuss you know, our top people and, you know, what we can do to support and this and that. And when you said that you wanted two top people, they were like of a handful of people we thought of, they were them. And that's why you can obviously see that they're extremely talented and they've got the grit and it's just tuning and tweaking. And with any network marketing company, it's all about, you know, going through the ranks and as your business grows, different things happen to us, different issues come up. You know, we, as we grow, it's like a um, an evolution of us, you know. Really, that's what how, what this is about, and 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 sticking to it, the stick to itiveness, you know, the the grit part of this is very very important because you know people look at you know a rank like myself, like a platinum, I'm very close to diamond, and people are like, oh, you know, it's easy for her. Well, there's been so many classes that I've had that nobody's shown up. I've been blown off, told off. I've got more hate email than people could probably imagine. But you know what? I don't care. I mean, I look at it and go, okay, do they have a valid point? Well, okay, they do. Or I look and say, you know what? What does this matter? You know, it's, this, it's that go-to. It's the stick-to-itiveness. It's, I don't let that stuff stop me. If I did, I would have quit probably 14 years ago. That's <laughs> so right. I, 
it's really it's true, and I'm not going to stop till I get to the top, and it's just going to happen. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Thank you, Anne and Kari, and of course Monty and Zenaida. Do you want to share your website? So sure, that sure. I could, You've got two sites, and I don't know which one you want her to send okay. people to. Sure, sure, sure. First of all, I want to. I, I, you know, I was so I was so rushed because I know that I went over a half an hour. First of all, I want to thank. Anne, and I want to speak, Kari, you know, thank you, for you. These two ladies got on the phone with before the call. I spent about almost 45 minutes on the phone with Kari, and Anne came on the line in between appointments just because of their commitment to the group. And I just want to say thank you so much, ladies, for sharing this, this time with me and being able to give of yourself. I really do appreciate you. So I want to just say that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, cool. so what, one last thing. I want to I want to kind of give you the grit test um, real quick, because I promise that, and then I'll just give you my website. So, listen. So the grittier people, not, the highest score is five on the grit test, right? And the way you built grit is really learning your ABCs. It builds grit. Um, there's a couple other things that you you can do. We actually were working on grit here. The first module, drive, also builds grit. See, the closer you can get to your passion, so grit, the definition of grit is passion and perseverance for long-term goals. So in the first module, what we did is we talked about what is it you're here to do. And um, we got, you know, we got real clear on Kari. Kari said, three years from now, 6,000, right? That's, that's a long-term goal, and it's very specific. And then you build that passion by really understanding what it is that that's going to create. And the second thing is learning your ABC. So that's what I want to say. So my website is Unstopped. It's U-S- U-N-S-T-O-P-P-E-D dot life. Unstopped dot life. And you can email me if you have any questions or any complications. And what I'll do is I'll create a module for both of you on how to, maybe I'll do a module on you know, something that I could send out for the, the ABCs because I, I don't think I gave it enough. But, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Hey, and one more thing. So what's the stats? Like a, the average American, what's their grit number? Um, about three. America has the worst grit. The worst grit. The so worst. who's good in the world? Um, Southeast, you know, is Southeast Asia is really, really high. And one reason is um, the reason that they have – it's just – it's part of the culture. See, America's all about succeeding. It's all about the individual, right? We, you know, it, it, we're so success-orientated that it's just sad. It's just, you know, great – you know, we have food that we could go to, a, you know, and the whole world is changing, but we get food in 15 minutes, even though it's not very tasty. It's not very good for us. We're fast, 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 fast. So we don't yeah. have high grit, and we don't value it. We value. Listen, the biggest problem to grit, I'll tell you what it is, is that we want to look good. See, in order to be to have grit, is to be able to fail every single day. See, when they did research, they found that the person who succeeded was the most unlikely person to succeed. The thing about grit is usually people that are at a disadvantage have more grit. Why? Because they build resilience. So, but, you know, we don't look, we look down on failure in this country, and it's so sad. That's why we have all the problems with the schools and, and grades. Failure is key 
failure is key to success. I, I agree. Ath- athletes for ten, like people that become great, and I'm gonna, Tim is really gonna kill me. I'm gonna say this: one. people <laughs> who become great have to, people who become experts, you have to practice at what they're not good at four hours a day and fail for four hours, for four hours, to, in order to become extraordinary. So your ability to fail, but you don't look at it as fail. You look at it as learning. I'm not good at this. You know what? I didn't make that phone call. I didn't present Young Living the right way. Let me make another one. Let me try one more time. Oh, that was better. Let me do another one. Oh, my God, I'm scared. Yeah, it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so, that's yeah, it. Awesome. You know, awesome. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Monty. I, I love this. This is my passion. <laughs> I bet you can't tell. That's <laughs> well, pretty we obvious, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Well, well, thanks, everybody, for coming and hanging on. If you're still on the line, I'm going to go ahead and open up so we can say goodnight. Hang on, everybody. Good night. 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 Good